Hey everyone, welcome back to Kingdom Speak. You know, some people said this wasn't going to be a series, but would you look at that? Here we are, part three. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Hello again. Hello. And welcome back. It's Friday. Somebody said... Oh, this won't be a series. No. No, it won't the be only, a series. The only, um, the only <laughs> segments that are more than we have episodes is the takes trying to get this episode off the ground. This was take two. It was oh, take two. Oh. You know, sometimes it's just... <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I was all set up for the review and just, man... Um, we have a guest review today. We've never done this before. A guest review, really? yeah, yeah. Okay. So Has Randy we have a been review. All these other ones. We have a review here. Um, and we're gonna bring a guest in. <laughs> we've never, we've never done. I'm a not live... so sure I'm uh, willing to do this. Oh, we've, yeah. <laughs> we've never when, done a when, live guest review. When show. <laughs> <laughs> when does this distract? <laughs> when does this blow up? <laughs> <laughs> so how do I read this again? Just well, no, want, you don't want, read anything, but to we're going to bring in a guest. Okay. <clears throat> that left us a review. Which one? Oh, which one am I reading? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. All right. So we have a review, a five-star review. Bishop McKillop. Please bring back Bishop McKillop. That episode was so edifying. We need more of that kind of teaching from Peace Mercy via Apple Podcast. Let's give them an amen. Can I get an amen? Amen! Can I get a hallelujah? The more you were reading that, the there it is. The more he was reading it, the louder he was hollering. Yes, I know. It's like he's like, so trying to be manly with this. <laughs> I will overcome this filter. It's, it's <laughs> difficult. Uh, I feel like I'm trapped inside this right now. Yeah. It's like the longer he was reading it, the more he was just. So peace and, <laughs> peace and mercy. Who? Uh, but thank you for that review, and we just spiced it up a bit That's for nice. you. That was good. Yeah. Uh, one more, just for, just for you know, five stars' sake. Amazing content worth more, worth much more, excuse me, than fine gold. The content that the listeners are blessed each week to hear is truly worth more than much fine gold. What powerful apostolic doctrine that Kingdom Speak shares, and what great men of God that dig deep into the Word of God. God bless you, Brother McKillop, and God bless Kingdom Speak. May the Lord's blessings be mightily upon you in Jesus' name. And that is from Preacher JS84 on Apple Podcasts. So we will say amen to you and thank you for that. So here we are. I don't want to say I was right. No. But uh, when we sat down two weeks ago and we needed two episodes, which is not always the best feeling in the world when you know, when you look ahead at the schedule, it's like, oh, we're going to need two episodes. <clears throat> and the host says, well, we can talk about this, but. <laughs> What was it like? Can you? 
<laughs> and and the producer and I were like, well, no, that can be two episodes easily. <laughs> no, no, that's two episodes. And then I think maybe it was the producer that mm-hmm. said it could be even be a series. It was, mm-hmm. you know, we'd have to go back and check the tape. But anyway, we find ourselves here at the part three. Yeah, but what happens is you guys, whenever you do this... <laughs> You start chirping in more. No. And, and, no. And to, oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Fulfilling your own prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. It's been good. It's been good. I think everyone's enjoying it. In fact, I know they are enjoying it. And uh, some good content. You know, we've talked a lot about, especially last week, we're flipping this script now into talking about prophecy. Uh, but for if you're just tuning in now uh, in part three, we started this whole discussion uh, in First Timothy, and we were talking about uh, Paul when he charged Timothy. Um, so I'll just read this one verse that got us all kick-started here, First Timothy 1.18. Uh, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies, mm. which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. And we had a great discussion about what good warfare was. Right. Not just warfare. <laughs> right. There's right. a big difference and um, how mercenaries can emerge who just want to fight mm-hmm. and get involved in warfare. Mm-hmm. They're looking for another notch on the mm-hmm. bottom of their revolver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we get into part two where, um, like all good preachers, you got to eventually get to your text, right? Shundo. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, Man. according to the, the prophecies... Voice, the voice of experience talking there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think back to our great guest um, who was talking about word-based preaching when I said that. Um, but when you talk about according to the prophecies, now it's about fighting and warring a good warfare according to the prophecies. And we talked a lot last week about, um, and I think we need to ask you this just to get it going again, but when Paul wrote in another letter and he said, despise not prophesying. Right, right. Why, why does he have to say that? You know, it's kind yeah. of a question. Why? Why you, does you he have think, to say that? <laughs> you would think that uh, it's like look both ways be before you but, cross the street, right? Nothing but love for the <laughs> prophetic, <laughs> right? Right. Um, I think uh, first of all, the prophetic is beyond, or should be, beyond human control. Mm-hmm. It should be. Uh, free of any taint of humanism, carnality, mm-hmm. ambition, right? Uh, I think a prime example of this is the story of the young man that was given the commission by God, the young prophet, mm-hmm. that said, uh, I want you to run down, prophesy to the king who was in standing before the altar. Mm-hmm. You know, the hand withers, the altar splits, the, the all kinds of dynamic 
things mm-hmm. happen. And he said, you tell him and you get out. And he runs back. In spite of the fact that the king was offering him a place to 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 eat and sleep and nourish himself and no get out, get out, get out. On the way back, an old prophet catches him mm. and and says, Well, why don't you turn aside? Because there's notoriety to prophet to the prophetic, and I think this is where there's a danger in uh, worshiping the prophet rather than worshiping God because of the prophecy. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's right. There's kind of that. Boy, you can jump that bridge oh, yeah. really quick. Yeah. yeah. There's that There's that fame mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, it, when it should be the fame of Jesus. I think it's uh, Cody Marks. We have to just quote him because he, he won't come on. Yeah, he's anti, That's right. anti-podcast. I heard he preaches against them. Yeah. 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 Well, he'll preach on them. I know that. Yeah. Exactly. Does he even listen? <laughs> we no. know. No. 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 If anybody's no. listening who knows him, so we're able to talk about him then. If he talks. doesn't listen, oh yeah. If, okay. They, if somebody yeah. talks to him, yeah, maybe just say like, you know, those Kingdom Speak guys <laughs> use a little help. <clears throat> They're putting everybody <clears throat> to sleep over there. <laughs> yeah. Could use. So, uh, what does he, he preach about? <laughs> what were we saying? <laughs> 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 we got so far. Mm. into um, the weeds. but So the, the prophet is coming back, mm-hmm. and, he, and he's being being lured in. Mm-hmm. And we, we what, what I was referring to was Brother Marks preached a message, I think, um, I think it was maybe in a little rock. But I think one of the things that was motivating the old prophet, possibly, was that there was some fame associated with the young man. Like when a prophecy goes forth and it's fulfilled, that brings its own momentum. Oh yeah, that's right. Right. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden everybody wants credibility. To kind of, mm-hmm. They want to be hooked to the voice mm-hmm. that is hooked up to God. Mm-hmm. So you have an old prophet that's coming in there, and Brother Marks preaches a message about uh, the fame of Jesus was spread through the region. That's mm-hmm. what we. Mm-hmm. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. We don't want the fame of the disciples to be spread. We want the fame. His fame, his name to be famous, his name, his glory. So I think all of these things, back to your question of why would someone even despise prophecy, is the young man is trying to stay on track. Clearly he's heard from God. Clearly he's got a word from God. Clearly God's backing him. God's fulfilled it. Mm -hmm. Now he's obeying the last portion of the command, go home, don't stop, don't eat, don't, don't. And an old prophet catches him. Pulls him aside, says, I, "I need you to, I need you to come back and let's have lunch. Let's let's take a selfie together. Let's mm-hmm. uh, right. I, I want, I want my hands to be connected with you because clearly God's hand is on you. Mm-hmm. And so um, the young man falls prey to that because the old man says, "Well, I'm a prophet. Mm-hmm. God talked to me too. And so that threw the young man into a quandary of. Well, did God say that to me or did God speak that to Mm. the elder? And in those moments, what ultimately comes out of that is we know the rest of the story. The young man, when he he left the old man's house, he, a a lion, I believe, or a beast, not sure if it specifies a lion, but Mm -hmm. came out and and it, it destroyed him. 
if we're not careful, that can that can put a bad taste in your mouth for the prophetic. Hmm. Yes. Yes. True. Right. Because mm. you just see through it. You see. You see authenticity. Mm-hmm. But you see hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. You see ambition. Mm-hmm. You see motivation. You, you, you mm. just and if you're not careful, it 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 erodes the underpinnings that support mm-hmm. the honor that that we should have for prophecy. So how does that happen on individual life? I think that happens in, in a case of, of a Joseph who we can use the layer of the prophetic mm-hmm. is given a dream. You don't always get the the ugly details. Mm. So the prophetic is, is in, in this case, if we could use that expression, the prophetic is you are going to have your brethren bow down to you and you are mm-hmm. going to be in a position of authority. And you, how, how do you reconcile that from the bo- with, with, with being in the bottom of a pit, yeah. mm-hmm. looking up at all these brethren that are supposed to be bowing down yeah. mm-hmm. to you? How do you reconcile that when you're being sold into slavery? Mm-hmm. And and you you have you have a fleeting moment with with a position of authority, and then boom, you're down in the dungeon of despair again in Egypt, right? In those moments, you have got to. I, I know again that it's connected with a dream, but I don't think it's stretching too far to say you have to you have to embrace that prophecy mm-hmm. and and not despise it and not throw in the towel and not make sure. Make sure that you're not giving up on the dream just because there's details mm-hmm. that weren't weren't right. delivered to you, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Does that, that make sense? Yeah. So Paul's Paul's seeing that he's seeing a young man that's weary, as we as we said in the first and second episode. He's considering throwing in the towel. Mm. He has he has divine prophecy spoken over his life. And I, I think at this point, this is a good caution to all of us. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm very careful to 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 label anybody a prophet. That's just hmm. I, I don't know, that, that, and that's a discussion maybe that we could have at another time. Do I know people that have that I believe God has used in the prophetic, and and maybe even say it this way, God uses mm-hmm. in the prophetic? Absolutely, beyond the shadow of any doubt. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel 13, why don't you just turn there? This is um, something that just just came to me uh, when you were setting this up. This this is another reason I think that people struggle with the prophetic. Start at verse 1, Ezekiel 13 and 1. And the word of the Lord. The the setting of this, sorry, the setting of this is the the people of Israel are captive. Mm -hmm. Okay? So when you're in a situation like this, you want out, and you're 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 a child of God, and so you want a word from God that says you're coming out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I have cancer. I want I want to I want to somebody want tell, a me prophet to tell me I'm healed. <laughs> I'm broke. Yeah. I want a prophet to tell me that I have a financial mm. miracle on the way. Prophesy over me. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. That that's what we want. Mm-hmm. So it's a dangerous thing when people are craving something. Mm-hmm. And 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 then those that desire to be used in the prophetic want to give the people what they want to hear, mm-hmm. <clears throat> right? That's right. Okay, so this is this is the scenario in Ezekiel thirteen. 
And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel <laughs> that prophesy. And say thou unto them that prophesy out of their own hearts. Okay, get that? They're prophesying from their own heart. Mm -hmm. Now, when you prophesy to them, you say, hear the word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because that's where you're getting this from. Now, what's, what's the Lord say in verse 3? Thus saith the Lord God, Woe unto the foolish prophets that followed their own spirit oh, help us, God. and have seen nothing. So they stand up and say, well, I'll tell you what God showed me. Oh, my. And it's rooted in their own spirit, and it's not rooted in divine vision. They have seen nothing. nothing. Now, I'm telling you, when you do hear an authentic communication from a man of God, that has authentically received the word from God, mm. it resonates different than even the sensational aspects of someone who is speaking out of their own spirit. Mm. And I wish I could tell you that the chasm between the two was large, but it's not. Wow. I think that is something that if we're not careful, it's a boundary that can be crossed because you so know do you know the pressure that is on a preacher when he knows there's families going through problems in his church? Mm. He wants to give them a word from God. Mm -hmm. He wants to. So I'm not even I'm not even blaming them with with necessarily having ill intent. They you know this family's desperate for a word from God. Mm -hmm. it, it, you you got to make sure that you're not prophesying out of your own compassion. Oof. Yeah, your own emotion. Yeah. Mhm. Mm Mm -hmm. Your own spirit? Mm -hmm. These people are captive. What do you think they want to hear? Hunker down. She's going to be a long, cold Yes, winter. get comfortable, everyone. <laughs> that's, that's, a real, that's a real surefire way to get your ministry off oh, the ground. Man, that sells a lot of books, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't it? it? Yeah. Okay. They've seen nothing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, uh, verse 6. They have seen vanity... And lying divination, <laughs> saying, the Lord saith, and the Lord hath not sent them. Help us, God. I, this is all coming back to your question of why do people despise prophecy? Right. Mm -hmm. yep. Okay? Mm -hmm. And they have made others to hope that they would confirm the word. <laughs> wow. Right? So the whole thing is, I've got this opportunity to preach at this meeting. And, and What could and I say? What, what can mm. I do? Mm. Oh, and boy... I, I, I'm, I'm really feeling this. Mm -hmm. And you can. Mm -hmm. You can be yeah. really feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're not careful, it will lead you into hmm. a minefield hmm. where faith is killed rather than bolstered. Okay? Wow. Now, and, and this is not, listen, this is under the pretext of despise not prophesying. I'm telling you, we can't despise prophecy. Mm -hmm. But one of the reasons there is the disdain mm -hmm. for the prophetic is that lying divination is communicated as divine vision, and, and, and people grab it with their faith, and it falls flat. Hmm. And the Lord says, verse 7, albeit I have not spoken. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, verse 8, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, because ye have spoken vanity and seen lies, therefore behold, I am against you, <laughs> saith the Lord God. Yeah, read it. And mine hand shall be upon the prophets that see vanity, and that divine lies. They shall not be in the assembly of my people, neither shall they be written in the writing of the house of Israel. Verse 10. Because even because they have seduced my people, saying, Peace. And there was no peace. There was no peace. And one built up a wall, and lo, others daubed it with yeah. untempered mortar. Yeah. Wow, what a picture. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So he just, he, he, he just, he keeps going on in verse 17. Set thy face against the daughters of thy people, which prophesy out of their own heart, and prophesy thou against them. How popular do you think Ezekiel was when he was standing face to face with all the other prophets who were giving the people, no, it's peace. And, mm. Ooh, it's, this is great. And he's standing there saying, he's a liar. Mm. He's a liar. Mm -hmm. He's not telling the truth. He is a lying diviner. Mm. Right? What do you think that does to sincere people? It causes them to despise it. Ah, it does. It does. So... Um, I think that that, that is, is one of the leading reasons that Paul would, would caution Timothy. Don't, don't, don't be pulled in even by your own emotions. Don't be pulled in by your own ambition. Don't be, you know, mm -hmm. you, you just do warfare according to true, authentic, divine prophecy. Mm -hmm. Keep your nose out of stuff that it shouldn't be in mm -hmm. and, and, and fight where you're supposed to fight. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think another uh, another example of this could be found, and I just find this I find this um, interesting. We've talked a lot about Paul putting his hands on Timothy's head, the presbytery transferring that prophetic mm -hmm. um, unction mm -hmm. to Timothy from from his father in the gospel. Okay, if if we jump up one generation to Saul, who had become Paul, mm -hmm. we, we see a similar thing. Acts 13 and chapter 1, chapter 13 and verse number 1. 13.1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. <laughs> As they ministered to the he Lord had and been fasted. brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. So we're now back to Antioch. Antioch, mm. um, the late great. Oh man, what a message! Oh, you know where I'm going, don't you? Mm. The late great Bishop Tim Copeland. First wow. called Christians. First called Christians at Antioch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So here is here is this new convert. Saul slash Paul, and he is growing in this church in Antioch, and it's quick to let us know that in Antioch, mm -hmm. they didn't just have a pastor, they had mm -hmm. prophets and teachers, and teachers. Mm -hmm. a complete side shoot here, but I think this is one of the only spots, if not the only spot, I, I, I can be checked on that, but I think it's one of the only, if not the only spot, that a teacher is referred to in the book of Acts. Hmm. Okay? So 
Here is a church that has balance. That's the point I'm trying to pull out of this. They have they, 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 five-fold ministry. They, they, they've got it. And in this church setting is this young Christian with a with a dark past mm. growing up. And there are pastors, prophets, teachers. Barnabas is there. Simeon is there. There's a lot of interesting um, conjecture here, and I, I'll qualify this to be such as it is. It's opinion. There is a possibility, an argument that can be made, that the Simeon that was called Niger may have been the Simeon that bore, was compelled to to bear the cross wow. for Christ. Okay? Um, again, that's that's just an interesting contextual um, additive to the to this narrative. Nonetheless, there is a statement that is made here, and it says there was a boy by the name of Manaean mm-hmm. who comes from a family that that was used in the in the prophecies, mm-hmm. and he became a prophet. He's mm-hmm. a prophet in Antioch. He's a prophet that that plays a key role in putting his hands upon Paul, mm-hmm. okay? And it just says, it makes an interesting little statement in there, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. Hmm. Okay, just kind of footnotes. You know, Simeon is called Niger, Lucius is of Cyrene, and Menaean, oh, he... He, he he was he was brought up with Herod, hmm. so Herod was not um, was not an individual name. It was more of a position. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the president or the prime minister. Mm-hmm. So you have Herod the Great, Herod Antipas. This Herod was this was one of the sons of Herod the Great. The lineage of Herods mm-hmm. had a soft spot. For prophets. Again, a bit of contextual outside of Holy Writ, but there's there's an opinion there that that there was a prophet that was instrumental in prophesying that Herod the Great would become the mover and shaker politically that he became, which gave Herod the Great and by extension his lineage mm-hmm. that warm, fuzzy feeling towards prophets. We see this. Mm-hmm. In Herod the Tetrarch or Herod Antipas's life, mm-hmm. when he would make his way out mm-hmm. to the wilderness to hear John the Baptist yep. preaching. Yeah. Okay. There was just that that lure in them that mm-hmm. there, there was just an intrigue to how do these guys know something that's gonna happen when it hasn't happened? How do they how do they know this? It is it is Herod the Great, that looks at his his uh, EA mm-hmm. and says, "I want Manaean to be able to go to school with Herod Antipas. I want them to hang out. I want them to be around each other." And so mm-hmm. Manaean grows up, brought up with Herod. This this has the undertones of a Moses being brought up in the house of Pharaoh. Okay, a 
a deliverer bring, being brought up in a political system. You literally have the next Herod mm-hmm. growing with the next prophet. They go to school together. They play together. They interact mm-hmm. with each other. Just a really interesting um, note here that that the decisions that you make with raising your children do have. Well, mm. Right? Mm-hmm. You can raise them. You can raise them so that God can call them to be a prophet, or mm-hmm. you can raise them so that they become a prophet killer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Herod Antipas was raised with a prophet, Manaean, mm-hmm. but before it's over, he is the one that is lobbing the head off of John the Baptist. Hmm. It's almost like the Pharaoh who knew not Joseph, right? There's another generation comes up. And... Right. What happened mm. to move the prophetic from being a, a, a sense of awe in Herod's life mm-hmm. to being something that was despised in Herod's life? Mm-hmm. And an argument can be made, maybe it wasn't even despised, but nonetheless, he killed it. And I think this speaks to, again, coming back to your question of why would someone despise it? Herod, because of who he was covenanted with, he Mm. was living with a woman who hated, she, there's no question she despised the prophecy. Mm -hmm. So you've got to, you got to watch it. If you are too intimate with someone that despises something, you pick up what they despise. Mm-hmm. You begin to adopt. They, once again, going back to what we've been hammering for the last two lessons or episodes, what you 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 get drawn into their conflict. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. She's waiting for a convenient time to silence that voice that is confronting the sinfulness of her lifestyle. She didn't like John the Baptist. Herod did. Herod kind of kind of thought the old boy was a was a good old boy. Mm-hmm. But he was he was covenanted was covenanted with someone who um who despised it. Hmm. So then, then then you have that element. You've got people that despise prophecy, then you get those that are around people that despise prophecy, and by extension they get caught into the vortex of this of this disdain mm. for how God communicates with his people. Does that, that make sense? Yeah. So you can despise prophesying because of the people around you. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. So as we as we are I guess trying to to, to stitch this whole thought process up you really authentically can look at at men and women in the word of god that that accomplish great things for god and ask them why did they do what they do mm-hmm. why did they do what they did why 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 did david kill the lion why did david kill the bear why did david kill the giant mm-hmm. and how do i apply that to my own life in the sense of how do I know what battles to be involved in? I was getting cold. I had to turn the heat on, sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> See that? Whew. What conflict 
Should yeah. I stay in and what conflict yes. should I stay out of? What relationships should I form? What ones should I abandon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. where it all comes down to. You're right. You, you need to do it according to the prophecies, prophecies Timothy. Mm-hmm. According to the prophecies. Mm-hmm. So I think we mentioned this last <clears throat> week. David had a prophetic moment. He had a moment when a prophet walked into his life, anointed mm-hmm. him, to be something, again, as we talked last week, he knew it before it was formed, right? God knew right. Jeremiah was a prophet right. before he formed him to be a prophet. Mm-hmm. David was a king before he ever put a, a, a crown on his head or mm-hmm. sat on mm-hmm. a throne. David was, was the king, okay? Mm-hmm. He knew it before it was formed. So the prophecy found David, It found him working. It found him the same way that it found Elisha. It found Elisha plowing. It Mm -hmm. found Elisha with his hands on on the plow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right? Um, You you can't be driven by trying to seek out prophecy. You don't find prophecy. Prophecy finds you. So there's obviously unique answers and contributors to each of this, but with the assignment that was given to David— David, you are to be the king of Israel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why did David do this? Why did David kill Goliath when Saul wouldn't touch it, his mm-hmm. brethren wouldn't touch it? It was because that giant was standing between where David was and what da- what God had called David to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was part of the prophecy that had been put on David. You are to lead my people. He didn't have a throne yet, but he had an anointing for the throne. He didn't have a crown yet, but he had the anointing for the position to lead Mm -hmm. the people. Yeah, and I guess if you think about it this way too, Goliath came from a family of giants, so there were other giants that he could have fought. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But this guy, this guy was fighting at a different level, and he was calling out. Right. Israel, right? Right. And then when you see David come at him, he invokes, you know, a way bigger battle than just a kid versus a giant. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, yeah. he does. And and the reason that we got to talk about this is because again, there's there's these actionable, applicable mm-hmm. boots mm-hmm. on the ground um, mm-hmm. decisions that we have to make. So mm-hmm. if we're not careful. Every time oh, I want to be like David. <laughs> Every time you say boots on the ground, I think of that Brian Reagan riff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you ever heard boots that, Randy? On the ground. You've never heard that? Uh, I'll I, go. I heard go. him do it. No, I can't do it. I yes, can't be Brian. Can. I heard him do it in person in Boston. That was so great, man. Just look it up. Just no, look it up. No. You got you to no, at least give them a teaser. I can't. Come on, Just, change no. your voice. No, I can't. Hit the do button, it. change the voice. I can't. I'm terrible at it. I'm not a comedian. It's just I would ruin it, but it's hilarious. Planes. Brian Reagan, boots on the ground. And, yeah, boots on the ground. <laughs> Can you find it? Oh my goodness! This would be a special this, moment. This would give us. This would just give us a, a thirty second break here. Yeah. Can you find it? Mm, Brian Reagan. Crying you got his boots on the ground. Boots, boots on, the, on the, ground. the ground. If you can't find it, it's okay. I'm uh, sure. 
people who are Brian Reagan fans already know what I'm talking about. But man, it is. No, I'm just seeing just regular stand-up stuff. Oh, if you man. know, you know. It's good, man. So, the, so back the, to David. The, the, the point is, mm-hmm. is we read the Word of God. We try to take actionable steps from what we're reading, and so mm-hmm. if we're not careful, we just go bear hunting. Exactly. We, we, exactly. We just go uh, to Africa and hunt down a lion. Right. Or we. If go we're to emulating a, David, yeah. Yeah. You get well. Or you gotta, worse. Mm-hmm. Or worse, we go to a zoo or some yeah. refugee re, or refuge place. You yeah. know, animal. Mm-hmm. What do they call them? Uh, sanctuary, mm-hmm. animal sanctuary, reserve, and we shoot a lion because man, that's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no, he, he was doing it because it was in alignment with what prophetically had been spoken over him. So I don't just preach something because it's it's in vogue. To address it, I need to be dealing, confronting, addressing that which is standing between me Mm -hmm. and fulfilling the divine purpose of God for my life. And if it's not standing between me and that, I leave it alone. Mm -hmm. Now, this this goes Mm -hmm. so counter to the culture of fighting in in the apostolic soldier. Mm-hmm. We're called to fight. The idea of walking around a conflict almost makes you feel like you're spineless or something. No, right. it's, it, right. it's really okay to walk past a conflict that has nothing to do with you. That's right. Mm. Like, just pull your nose out of the business. And, and I was thinking too, like, I don't know if you've seen these things on the internet, what they call them starter kits. It's quite funny if you just look it up. But So there's like a beginner golfer starter kit, and you get the yard sale clubs and, <clears throat> you know. it's Amish putters. Yeah, yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> it's whatever. You know. There's a starter kit for a new fish fisherman, and there's a starter kit for a new hunter. And I'm wondering if people get tricked into thinking like the starter kit for being a prophet or an anointed king is you got to kill a lion, you got to kill a bear, and you got to yeah. kill a giant. Yeah. Wherever you find them, just go find oh, them and kill it. them. That's it. That's <laughs> Once it. you do that, come talk to me. Yep. Right? Yep. And you have that pattern that you just think you got to go after. Yep. Un- yeah. Until I have until I have three successful kills, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not. You're nothing. I'm nothing. Yeah. I'm nothing. Yep. So that that you can see, okay, and David was doing it right, guys. He was doing it right. Mm-hmm. He was killing what needed to be killed. Okay? Mm-hmm. He was courageous. But I want you to notice something that happened. Again, on the premise of what Paul told Timothy, you do battle according to to the prophecies that you may war a good warfare according to the prophecies. Mm-hmm. I want us to look at one final example in David's life where he almost got <clears throat> off track. Okay? And that's found in 1 Samuel 
25. chapter 25. Now we could we could read a lot of this, but mm-hmm. start at verse 1. Samuel died, and all the Israelites were gathered together and lamented him and buried him in his house at Ramah. And David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran, and there was a man in... Oh, man. Oh, why did he do this to me? <laughs> Moan. Maon. Maon, thank you, whose possessions were in Carmel. And the man was very great, and he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. And he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you were taking your time there. I like that. Now, the name of the man was Nabal. How about that? Nabal. (laughs) And his name. I'm going to do like the reviews here and just start brutalizing these names. You'll get Randy to read this. And the name of his wife, Abigail, and she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. And the man was churlish and evil in his doings. Mm. And he was of the house of Caleb. Okay. So to, 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 to skip the, the Bible reading portion, David sends um, his men and 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 tells him at we've we've protected Nabal and all of his sheep while they were shearing them because that was a very vulnerable time. Now go greet them in my name. He sent ten young men, go greet Nabal in my name and and say, Hey, you know, the shepherds that, that were around, we didn't hurt anybody. We protected you while you were in Carmel shearing your sheep. And we're wanting to know we're out here in the wilderness, and we're wanting to know if we could have some bread and some water, and just just a little, just a little kindness, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's all we want. One of the young men, uh, and 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 Nabal says, in response, before we get into one of the young men, who is David? Right. Okay. Verse ten, and who is the son of Jesse? Mm-hmm. There be many servants nowadays that break away every yeah. man from his master. Yeah. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed for my shears and give it unto men whom I know not whence they be? So he basically just went on a rant. That's right. The young men went back to David. Mm-hmm. Okay. And David said, buddy, do I know what to do? <sighs> okay. Yeah. The soldier woke up in David. Yeah. And he said, gird ye every man his mm-hmm. sword. Does that not sound like a captain? It's on. Okay. Yeah. And they girded his sword, and mm-hmm. David girded his sword. Mm-hmm. And um, how many men went? 400. Well, yeah. yeah he was we'll, serious. We'll take, we'll take a good, good showing here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So a young man went and told Abigail, Mm-hmm. Nabal's wife, who Abigail was a good-looking woman of understanding, the Bible says, mm-hmm. and um, she said, "The young man says, uh, we, 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 we're in a problem here. We, uh, we got a bad deal. Mm-hmm. The men were very good unto us. We were not hurt. We didn't miss anything. Mm-hmm. Here's a very interesting thing, and maybe we'll come back to this in the future." As long as we were conversant with them when we were in the fields. Hmm. Things went okay as long as we kept talking. 
the moment that we quit talking <laughs> is when things leave the rails. Hmm. Okay? They were a wall unto us. They kept us. Abigail makes haste in verse 18. She takes 200 loaves of mm -hmm. bread. That's, mm -hmm. okay? The very thing that Nabal said, we're going to give you bread, Abigail brought it. <laughs> she, she was like, yeah, we're going to do it. Okay? Mm -hmm. So she comes to David, and she, she says in verse 26, my Lord as the Lord liveth. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and read that. And as thy soul liveth, seeing the Lord hath withholden thee from coming to shed blood and from avenging thyself with thine own hand, now let thine enemies and they that seek evil to my Lord be as Nabal. She's, she's speaking almost a bit prophetic, like you're not coming here to shed blood, right? No, no, we just gird our swords uh, like this for every every picnic that we go on, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. And now this blessing which thine handmaid hath brought unto thy Lord, let it even be given unto the young men that follow my Lord. Mm -hmm. I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thine handmaid, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house. Why? Why would he do that? Because my Lord fighteth the battles of the Lord. Oh, and because evil. Mm -hmm. my Lord only fights the battles of the Lord. He does not fight battles only to avenge himself. He fights the Lord's battle. Mm. Here's a point that cannot be lost on this as we're wrapping up. What did the verse, the first verse say? <clears throat> first three words. Verse one? Yep. Verse one, I'm going back. And Samuel died. Hmm. What was Samuel? P -p prophet. <laughs> A prophet. What did Paul tell Timothy? Despise not. How are you supposed to do warfare? According to the prophecies. Mm -hmm. The moment that the prophetic voice died in David's life, look how quick, look how quick mm. he got caught up in fighting battles that weren't the Lord's battle. The mm. moment that the prophetic voice was silenced in David's life. He 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 the, the the fighter in him started pulling him into conflicts that were just a big deal to him and they weren't a deal to God. Mm -hmm. Now thankfully for Abigail, she was able because of her understanding to keep David from fulfilling it. Mm -hmm. But here's what you have to understand. David, I'm, I'm going to kill a lion. Yeah, why? Because that's between me and my purpose. I'm going to mm. kill a bear. Why? Because that's between me and my purpose. I'm going to kill Goliath. Why? Because that's between me and my purpose. But because, I, because I've killed a lion and a bear and Goliath does not mean I have to kill a fool. Right. Nabal is a fool. We don't just kill everyone. <laughs> and, and you don't have to. You don't have to get... You don't have to kill fools. God mm -hmm. takes care of them. Mm -hmm. You just keep fighting what is standing between you and the ultimate purpose that God has for your life. 
and he'll take care of the Nabals. So I think I think we have to I think we just have to go into to, to 2024 and we're now three weeks in. That's right. We have to make sure that what is driving us is not settling old scores. Mm-mm. It's not who we're covenant, covenanted with that's mm-hmm. trying to pull us off track. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not the ambition of something that we've seen from within our own heart, and we want this preferred outcome. So we're crediting God with saying, uh, "God's gonna, mm-hmm. God's gonna do mm-hmm. this, and God's gonna do that." We've got to embrace this. This is the prophetic. This is what's governing my life. This is authentically what God said, and whatever stands between me and it, I'm going to confront and defeat mm-hmm. in the name of the Lord, and whatever's not standing between me and that, I'm going to take a wide path around, right. and I'm going to stay on track. I'm going to stay focused. I am not called to fix everybody's problem. Your conflict mm-hmm. does not have to have my input if it does not stand between me and the purpose that God has for my life. If all of us will do that in 2024, mm-hmm. we're in for a good year. Amen.